Hammer-ons and pull-offs are a necessity in really any style of guitar playing. But do yours sound lifeless, fuzzy, buzzy, dull, or muted? If that's the case right now, don't worry, because in today's show, I'm gonna teach you how to easily play solid hammer-ons and clean pull-offs. Hey, TAC family, welcome to episode 202 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show. This show's all about bringing fun, focus, and progress to your guitar journey through my weekly Guitar Geek list, plus success stories from your fellow TAC family members. Do you ever feel like your guitar routine is totally dialed in, like it's bulletproof, and then something happens that completely pulls the rug out from under you? That's exactly what happened to TAC family member Alfred. In fact, he encountered a major hiccup in his guitar routine, a major hiccup in his family life, and he turned that episode into a beautiful learning experience. You're gonna hear Alfred's story here in just a little bit, plus you're gonna get your weekly dose of acoustic news you can use, which includes a brand new album from one of my favorite mandolin players, not one, but two encounters with guitar phenom Nathaniel Murphy, and so much more. But first, we're gonna dig into hammer-ons and pull-offs, so go ahead and grab your guitar, and let's dig into these techniques. Let's first start with hammer-ons. What is a hammer-on? A hammer-on is a way to get two notes out of one single pick stroke, and they come in two varieties. The first is an open string to a fretted note, like so. And the second is a fretted note to another fretted note, like so. Now, when it comes to hammer-ons, I see two things go wrong most commonly. The first is that your fretting finger doesn't move quick enough. Here's how that sounds. So what's happening is because my fretting finger is moving so slow, it's actually absorbing the vibration of the string, and that's why you're not hearing that second note. The other thing that happens, or the other thing that could go wrong when it comes to hammer-ons is a muted or fuzzy note, and that's related to not hammering on in the right spot. Oftentimes I see people hammering on on top of the fret, and that would sound like this. Kind of sounds fuzzy, muted, buzzy. It's not desirable. So here are two quick fixes you can use to clean up your hammer-ons. Number one, make sure that your fretting finger gets into place quickly. Think of it as a superhero. You want it to move with agility. You want it to move fast and be accurate. And when it comes to accuracy, that brings me to the second point. You want to land in the sweet spot of the fret, and that is right next to the fret. Not on top of, not way behind, right next to the fret. That'll give you the best leverage when it comes to fretting. You don't have to press that hard because, well, your fretting finger is in the sweet spot. So move quick and land in the sweet spot, and that'll sound like this or a fretted to fretted note would sound like this. So what can you do to work on your hammer-ons? Well, I've developed this exercise that's really fun and you can use it in a bunch of different com uh, combinations so that you can use open string to fretted note or fretted to fretted. And I think you'll really dig it. Essentially what you're gonna be doing is playing a G major scale on the G string. So the fretted positions will be as follows. Open, second fret, fourth, fifth, seventh, 9th, 11th, and 12th. Easy as that. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. And for the first round, what you're gonna do is go open to fretted note on each of those positions, like so. And you'll see that I mixed up my fretting fingers. I used my index finger, middle, ring, and pinky, just to make sure each of the fretting fingers was getting some of the action. Now, the next iteration of this exercise is essentially going open to fretted and then going fretted to fretted. This is what I mean. 
So essentially, the only time you're going open to fretted is for that first position, open to the second fret. Once you do that, it's fretted to fretted for the entire sequence of the scale. Moving on to pull-offs, first let's define what a pull-off is. It's another way to get two notes out of a single pick stroke. But instead of hammering onto the string, you're gonna pull off of the string. Seems pretty intuitive because, well, that's the name of the technique. And again, there are two varieties of pull-offs. You can do fretted to fretted, which would sound like this, or fretted to open, which would sound like this. Now, very commonly, I see a single mistake when it comes to pull-offs, and it's something that you shouldn't feel bad about if you're making it, because I didn't realize this until much later in my guitar journey. When you pull off from a string, whether it's uh, from a fretted note to another fretted note or a fretted note to an open note, you want to give the string a little bit of a fudge, a little bit of a bend, if you will. Because if you don't, this is where the common mistake comes in, your second note is completely diminished in volume. Usually I hear pull-offs and they sound like this. See, I'm pulling off, it looks like I'm doing everything correct, but that second note is severely diminished. And like I said, this happens from fretted note to fretted note, or fretted note to open. Right, that second note that I'm pulling off to is just doesn't have the same oomph as that first one does. So here's how to fix it. You wanna give that note that you're starting on a little fudge, a little, a little boost in the form of a bend, okay? This is a subtle bend. I don't want you just, just wanging on the strings here. This is a subtle bend to allow the string to roll off the end of your finger to give that second note a little bit of oomph, that same level of volume. So that would sound like this. All right, just a subtle bend. You can see it in my ring finger. I'm pulling down just a little bit and letting that string roll off the end of my finger. It's almost like flicking a rubber band at your friend. And the same is true for that fretted to open string. So there you can see that it really comes into play because that second note can pop. Whereas if you just pull straight off the string, that second note doesn't really pop. Now some may say, well, you're bending it and it sounds a little bit out of tune. This bend is so quick, it's almost imperceptible when it comes to a full solo, a full break, or a full piece of music. And again, I would much rather have that first note bent just a little bit, a tiny bit out of tune, than have that pull off note that you're going to be diminished so severely in volume that you can't even hear it. So now that you know the ins and outs of pull-offs, what's an exercise you can do? Well, we're gonna take the same idea that we use for the hammer-on exercise, but we're gonna do it with pull-offs. So essentially what we'll do is go fretted to open string for all of those G major scale positions. That would sound like this. So you can go up the scale, you can go down the scale, whatever you want, whatever floats your boat. The second way you could do this is do fretted to fretted, but you'd actually start up at the 12th fret. That would sound like this. Again, giving each of those notes that you're starting on just a little bit of a bend before you pull off so that second note kind of presents itself with the same volume. One quick thing before we move on to the rest of the show. How do you like the technique tune-up section? Is it something you enjoy? Is there a certain technique you'd like me to cover? If that's the case, go ahead and let me know in the comments below.
When life gives you lemons, you're supposed to make lemonade. And that's exactly what Tack family member Alfred did. He had a set guitar routine. He played at the same time and at the same place. It was like clockwork. And then life happened. Life actually dished him out a series of curveballs and it drastically affected his guitar routine. Now, if you look at it from one perspective, you could say, gosh, that must have had a really negative impact on his guitar routine. But Alfred chose not to look at it that way. He actually looked at it through quite a positive light. Here's Alfred's story. Uh, what happened over the last 90 days that um, you didn't see coming, that, that could have derailed you but didn't? Well, my mom had um, a congestive heart failure and um, pneumonia uh, caused by a bacteria all at once and got rushed to the hospital near the end of my 90 days. Um, and my dad had spine surgery earlier in the year, so he's not walking or driving very well. So while my mom was in the hospital, I ended up at my dad's every day for a couple of weeks to make sure that he was, you know, fed and taken care of and that he could get out to see my mom and made his PT and stuff. And the way it derailed is I have my routine where I come home from work in the morning and I get on the guitar and, you know, things roll forward. And what changed because of that was that I was doing this sort of with my dad. Um, in a way, the music is a salve to my dad. Um, we played ukulele, we play guitar. And instead of keeping up with the current goals I had, I learned a lot from my dad, um, you know, how to deal with uh, um, taking a song and making it yours. He really loves to do, um, he likes to interpret songs and he'll come up with whole different chord progressions for a song and make it really awesome. And it was great to learn from him in that way. And I actually learned a lot and it actually broke me out of the home position on the guitar a lot more than um, what I had been doing on my own. So. It was a good experience and, uh, you know, through a bad experience. I think it was good for my dad and it was good for me. Three Guitar Geek cheers for Alfred. I think it's so inspirational to hear that Alfred took the time with his dad to really sink into the guitar and learn some lessons that he really couldn't have got anywhere else. So awesome to hear and really appreciate Alfred sharing that. In fact, he had a chance to share that during the Tony's Acoustic Challenge 90 Day Progress Party. This is where the entire TAC family gathers and we get together, we talk about our guitar routine, our goals for the next 90 days and what may get in our way and how we plan to overcome it. It's a wonderful gathering and something that everybody that attends finds value in because you get perspective on your own guitar journey by hearing other stories. Now, the next Tony's Acoustic Challenge 90 Day Progress Party happens to be on October 6th at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. So be sure to tune in, show up, and be ready to share your routine, your goals, and your damage control plan, if you will. Okay, let's go ahead and move on. I've got a guitar signal to share with you, and this comes from a fellow Illinoisan. Yes, Dennis McWhorter, senior from Deerfield, Illinois. Here's what he has in his guitar signal. Here's what he says. Top row left to right is my first guitar at age seven. Never learned to play. A Martin DC-1E, a 1945 Martin Singalo 18, which belonged to his grandfather and was purchased during World War II, a 1960 Kate Galaxy semi-hollow that also belonged to his grandfather and is currently being restored, a Tremontane THV-10DC, which is a high-vibe smart guitar, on the bottom row, we have a Fender Player 3 lead, an Epiphone Les Paul Studio, an Indio Telecaster, a Traveler EC1 travel guitar, a Taylor GS Mini, which was purchased based on my recommendation, thanks for that, a Yamaha FG800, which was a gift to him from the Guitars for Vets program, 
and he owns one more Yamaha FG800, but it's not pictured as he's currently loaning it to his daughter. Denny goes on to say this, Tony, I was featured on Acoustic Tuesday earlier in the year, episode number 169, due to the story I wrote on my first anniversary. I was very honored and humbled. As I mentioned in that post, I only truly began playing guitar in January 2020. However, I now teach and have collected numerous guitars, which you mentioned. I finally bought my guitar snow shirt and wanted to send my submission. Once again, music should be mandatory for all. I am now beginning to branch out teaching and actually targeting those who may have experienced some sort of mental illness and teach them guitar as a positive escape for their mind to go, instead of thinking about harming themselves or someone else. As I mentioned, the guitar literally saved me and gave me something to focus on and feel good about. Sincerely, Denny M. What an awesome guitar snow. Denny, thank you so much for submitting that. And for those of you who did not catch Denny's story, as he mentioned, go check it out on episode 169. It is truly inspirational. Now, before we move on with the rest of the show, I do have a quick announcement. I wanna feature you on the Acoustic Tuesday show. And there are two different ways you can get featured. Number one, share your guitar snow. All you have to do is go to tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop. Step number one is get yourself a guitar snow shirt. Step number two, once that guitar snow shirt arrives, put it on, take a picture amongst all of your guitars. And step number three, click the link at the top of that shop page. You'll be able to submit your picture. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the guitars in your guitar collection. Now you're thinking, okay, that's a cool way. I'd like to do that. But there's a second way you can get featured as well. And that is, again, go to tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop and pick yourself up some Acoustic Tuesday merchandise or some Tony's Acoustic Challenge merchandise. Once that merchandise arrives, put it on, take a picture of yourself, take a picture of yourself, and go ahead and submit it using that same link at the top. You can upload your picture, tell us a little bit about yourself, and say hi to your fellow guitar geeks. Whether you get a mug, or a hat, or a t-shirt, or a sweatshirt, I wanna see it, your fellow guitar geeks wanna see it as well. And of course, the best way for your fellow guitar geeks to see it is get featured in the Acoustic Tuesday Show. I've already told you how to do that. Holy smokes, announcement over. Now it's time to pop the VHS tape in and hit rewind. We're gonna head on back to Acoustic Tuesday episode 195 where I talked about getting faster while playing the guitar. There were some great comments on that particular show and I wanna share a few of them right now. This first one comes from Moon Hair Studio, uh, Attack family member, and he says this, Pick Direction was without a doubt the biggest revelation to me in my first 90 days. I had no idea about this before joining TAC and it has made my playing so much more fluid. I love hearing that. You know, I, I too have a similar story. I never knew about alternate picking before. And once I discovered it, I thought, holy smokes, this is the gateway to actually playing more cleanly, playing faster, and just ultimately feeling more comfortable with the guitar. So I'm glad uh, Moonhair had the same exact observation. Our next comment comes from Jimmy Wills, and he says this, Great show, Tony. So glad to see the thumbs up on Sierra Farrell. I stumbled on her music on Bandcamp while in lockdown last year. I bought two of her albums and have worn them out. Looking forward to the release of the new album. Also, on the metronome boredom subject, also during lockdown, I downloaded an app called Super Metronome. It has added a lot of metronome playing fun and has, incre and has increased my playing speed tremendously. Thanks for the show. Man, Jimmy, thanks for watching. Uh, awesome tips there. And yes, for those of you who have not checked out Sierra Farrell, please do so. Uh, her new album, I, I wanna say, 
It's due out September 24th. I might have that date wrong, but for some reason, that's the date that's popping around my brain. And as Jimmy mentioned, I wanna grab the name of that app, uh, Super Metronome. I use an app called Pro Metronome. It sounds like Jimmy found an app called Super Metronome that makes playing with the metronome actually fun, uh, which is a feat in and of itself. So if you don't have a metronome app yet, go ahead and check that one out. In fact, I think I'll check that one out as well. Our next comment comes from Jason G. And he says this, this is quite the flattering comment. That beard and Blackhawk sweater is a glorious combination of destruction. Now, I first read that and I thought, is that a dig at the Blackhawks or is that like, is that a celebration of the Blackhawks? I wasn't quite sure, but I chose to, I chose to look at it in the positive light. And I believe that's how Jason meant it as well. Yes, indeed. I, uh, for those of you who might be new to the Acoustic Tuesday show, uh, I am an enormous Chicago Blackhawks fan and I am truly looking forward to this upcoming season. A lot of shakeups happening in the off season, namely getting Marc-Andre Fleury, which I'm delighted about. I said that on a previous show and I'm still delighted. I still can't believe it's true. I can't wait to see him take the ice in a Blackhawks sweater. Ah, so, so incredible. I think, I think the Chicago Blackhawks have such a rich goaltending history, which actually brings me to a little bit more of a, a somber little note. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Tony Esposito passed and I thought, I should mention that on the show. Uh, you, you likely know me as a huge Blackhawks fan and Tony Esposito was the hero to one of my heroes at Belfour. So I just wanted to share that to his friends, family, and fans, uh, my condolences. Moving on to our next comment. This comes from Riz Love Daydream. When he said, you wanna throw out your metronome on the wall? I was like, yes, yes, you know, you know my pain. Uh, yes, indeed. I, you know, very early on in my guitar journey, I remember practicing with the metronome and thinking to myself, this is not sustainable. I, I no, I cannot hear this click, this beep time and time and time and time again. Uh, I found the pro metronome app. It made it a lot more tolerable. And I actually saw another comment on this particular show asking about a drum machine. And yes, 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 underscore yes, a thousand exclamation points. If you don't like a standard metronome, check out a drum machine because it's that much more musical, yet you're still playing in time. You're still teaching yourself to play in time with a beat. So uh, what a fantastic comment. Uh, we've got a couple more here. Uh, this next one comes from Jim Ross, and he says this. I was given this advice from Pete Huttlinger. I had a chance to chat with him at a very small venue in Woodstock, Georgia. I asked him if he had any advice on practicing. He told me to select a lick, scale pattern, chord progression, or song, and play it slow and perfect. If you make a mistake, go back to the last part you got right, go slower, and work through the part you messed up. As your accuracy improves, start playing the selected piece a little faster. Eventually, you will get, in his words, not mine, stupid fast. Uh, thanks for the comment, Jim, and I thought that was a good follow-up to our episode, was that last week's episode? I can't even remember. Yeah, it was last week's episode about Pete Huttlinger. I thought it was pretty uh, apropos to include a Pete Huttlinger uh, comment here in today's show. Our next comment comes from, I'm gonna try my best to pronounce this, Davidas Prunskas. Davidas Prunskas. Uh, they say this, love this show, Tony. Thanks for making Tuesday. Thanks for making Tuesdays even better. Also would like it if you include Joan Baez in, a, in one of your episodes. I love, I love the uh, serendipitous, serendipity of that comment uh, because I will be talking about the greatest acoustic live albums ever to be recorded next week. I don't know if that's a hint for a Joan Baez album, but 
she's on my list of consideration. So yeah, it's a little, it's a little sneak peek into what's going to happen next week. Our final comment comes from my friend Guy B down in Florida. Guy Bross. And um, since we're talking about hockey a little bit, his comment was very hockey themed. And I thought it was a great one to wrap up this, this little segment on. Guy says this, Hey, Tony, I found a few years ago when I practiced with the metronome, I had to slow way down like Carey Price. <laughs> that made it much easier to speed up. Now I'm almost as fast as Vassie's glove hand, the man with the Conn Smythe trophy. Just came back from the boat parade. Wow, maybe a three-peat next year. Your friend Guy B in Champa Bay, Florida. Now, if you remember correctly, we looked at Guy's guitar snow. I believe that was last week also. Uh, so I wanted to include this comment here. Now, I, do, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, Guy, uh, but the Stanley Cup champions for this coming season will clearly be the Chicago Blackhawks. So I just wanted to, to, to leave that segment on that high note. Uh, go Hawks, go. And just a quick thank you for everyone that leaves comments. I do appreciate hearing from you. I do appreciate you participating in the conversation. And I'm just so delighted that you're a part of this wonderful Guitar Geek community. Yes, you guessed it. It is time for acoustic news you can use. And I've got some dandies for you today. In fact, we're gonna kick things off with a guitar that looks like it was from the 1920s, but it was newly built by Wandering Boy Guitars. In fact, as you look through these pictures, I'm gonna go ahead and read you the post that accompanies these pictures because it really will add a little bit of insight to what you're seeing and how incredible of a feat this guitar is. Check this out. Here's a newly completed Jumbo 6, ready to ship to its new owner in Queensland, Australia. The idea behind this guitar was to make something ornate that looked like it had the hell played out of it in the teens and 20s, then hung over the fireplace mantle for 90 years, picking up soot and darkening the finish. We were trying to conjure up something that may fit into what has become known as American Gothic. The pearl inlay in the mandolin-style pickguard is inspired by the work of Hannah Cahoon, a Shaker woman who lived in Williamstown, Massachusetts from the late 18th to the mid-19th centuries. The scratched images on the back are inspired by the work of Bill Trailer, an African-American born into slavery in Alabama in the mid-19th century who waited until he was 85 to start to draw and paint images from his rural life. The animals, the work, the drinking, and the endless dramas. Images, names, and words scratched into the finish are not uncommon on the early 20th century instruments. I've seen a wonderful guitar that accompanies someone from the U.S. to France in the 20s with the names of dozens of French towns etched in the top. This guitar has my usual combination of old Sitka spruce and mahogany back, sides, and neck. The fretboard is ebony. What a cool guitar. I mean, this guitar is truly stunning to look at. And upon first glance, I did think it was from the 20s. Now, so often with distressed guitars, I feel like the guitar's made, it's dinged up, made to look old, and that's the end of the story. This guitar offers so much more in terms of story. Every little detail has some historical reference, which is exactly why I wanted to share it with you. Okay, moving on to the next item on my list, and it is a brand new album from John Reichman. Yes, indeed, he's one of my favorite mandolin players of all time. He's like, he's like the king of melodic tunes. And this album is a delight to listen to. It's entitled uh, John Reichman, New Time and Old Acoustic. And holy smokes, does it have a cast of characters included. Check out this list of names. I'm just gonna pull it up real quick here. Here's who's included on the album other than John Reichman. Quinn Bacand, Allison DeGroote, Chris Eldridge, Trent Freeman, The Fretless, Trish Gagnon, 
I hope I said that right, Trisha Gagnon, sorry, Sharon Gilchrist, Alex Hargreaves, Nick Hornbuckle, Chris Jones, Patrick Metz Metzger, Jim Nunley, Todd Phillips, Jason Romero, Ferris Romero, Patrick Sauber, Max Schwartz, Greg Spatz, Molly Tuttle, Sullivan Tuttle, and Mike Witcher. Whoa. I have to tell you, this, this whole last weekend, I had this album on repeat. It's delightful. It's plain and simply delightful. The instrumentation is gorgeous. The tones captured are brilliant. And it's just a, it's one of those albums that you can't help but smile as you're listening to it because it is that beautiful. And because I want to share a little bit of it with you, let's listen to one of my favorite songs off the album entitled Salt Spring. another post that I came across that I want to share with you that is really just an act of spontaneous music making. Uh, I am a huge fan of Rashad Eggleston, a phenomenal cello player. And he found himself in the Denver airport picking up his luggage and he thought, this is exactly where I need to play right now. And this is what happened. I've got two more pieces of news. Now, these both involve guitarist Nathaniel Murphy. Nathaniel Murphy is, he's the kind of guy that can play anything in any style, and he makes it look easy. It's not easy. He makes it look that way. Well, he does demos for Chicago Music Exchange, and he's done demos for them for quite some time. In fact, he was going to demo the Noel Gallagher from Oasis J150. Gibson just released a very limited signature edition model of this J150, this Noel Gallagher J150. And he was in there recording his demos. And then the CEO of Chicago Music Exchange showed up and said, we're not going to be able to use anything that you just recorded for good reason. Here's what happened next. Uh, not sure All right, well, I got, I got good news, bad news. So what do you... Bad news is most of what we shot today probably won't ever see the light. Well, that's good, isn't it? I just spent hours doing that. Good news is it's because you own that guitar. Is this a wind-up? No, 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 no. And I even left it silent there for a second so you could digest it. We pulled some strings. That one belongs to you. It never once belonged this to a is customer. Mine. That's yours. I've got to give you a hug, man. Thank you. Oh, oh. I'll try and hold it together. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Thank oh. you. No. No. I'm over. I'm shocked. That was a total no-brainer. As soon as no. I could even get a hold of one, I mean, I know how big of a fan you are. Obviously, we all know how much you do here and showing up every day and throwing a T-shirt on and oh, practicing obsessively. I loved every minute of this weekend just goating you, not letting you know anything about it. Like, sake. <laughs> I, I don't so, know what to say. You don't have to say anything. It's Jesus yours, man. Christ. I, I don't deserve this. This, this ain't cheap, man. I know it's not cheap, but that's the thing. It's not a, it's not a decision for you to make if you deserve it or not. Like, like <laughs> people listen to what you do. People watch what you do. I mean, kids pick up instruments because of stuff that they see you do. So. Oh. If I can keep you happier about it for longer, 
a well-deserved guitar gift for an extreme guitar geek. In fact, if you want to see Nathaniel playing that guitar just a little bit more, it sounds so good in his hands, by the way, uh, make sure to check him out on Instagram. He's posted quite a few videos. Now, we're not done with Nathaniel quite yet because seeing him get that J150 sent me down a Nathaniel Murphy rabbit hole, if you will, where I started watching his old reviews, some old performances, and then I came upon this. Now, you may not know this about me, but I am a Green Day fan through and through. They were one of the first bands that I really got into. And I found a clip of Nathaniel Murphy playing the tune Basket Case, right? Yeah, Basket Case, in a bluegrass flat picking style. It just shows how awesome Nathaniel is. And it just shows, again, how he can make anything look easy. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And here's a clip. On those fine flat pick notes, I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for this week. But before I let you go, let's take a sneak peek into next week. Next week, as I mentioned before, we'll be talking about the best live acoustic albums ever to be recorded. I'm not sure how many I'm going to share with you yet because the current list that I have is about 40 albums long. I don't have enough time to do 40 albums, so it might be 10, might be 15. Might be only five. I don't know. I really have to dig in. I really have to trim up this list. But that's all happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Remember, you can catch the Acoustic Tuesday Show every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time here on YouTube. Before I let you go, let me remind you of this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for sharing your time with me. And thank you for being a guitar geek. I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers and guitar geeks unite.